Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC, and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. For me, my fantasy has always been to shine a light on Black people and to find ways to tell our story that stretches outside of the stereotypical way that we tend to, um, you know, experience Black people in pop culture, right? And so it's either we're being shot and killed or we're um, part of a gang or we're a part of a pathology You don't talk to us unless you want to talk about something negative, like the education system sucks and kids are being left behind. Let's talk to a Black mother. The recession is killing people. Let's go talk to a Black family that lost their house. You just pick your poison. Yeah. And then we become relevant. 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 Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, welcome back. Glad to have you with us here again. We got another dope episode for you today. Again. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, black folks and books. Black folks. Yeah, (laughs) black folks and books. That might be the title of this joint, Black Folks and and Books. books. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And as as usual, we have another dope-ass guest who's going to break it down from a credible expert standpoint. Ms. Denise Milner. Hey. is on the show with us today, and I'm going to give you just a little bit on her bio. Deneen is a New York Times bestselling author, Ooh. pop culture ninja. Oh, ninja. <laughs> unapologetic lover of shoes, bacon, black folks, and babies. She's an award-winning journalist with more than 25 books to her credit. It's probably gone up since I saw this information. Who knows? Including Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, co-written with Steve Harvey. She's written for everyone you can think of, including Essence, Women's Health, Ebony, Red Book. I don't even know what Red Book is, but it must be dope. I must not be the target. And more. And if that wasn't enough, she's also the founder and editor of MyBrownBaby.com, a website dedicated to black parenting. Words can be weapons, and when the battle begins, I want her on my team because she is precise with her prepositions, vicious with her verbs, and nice with her nouns. Please welcome Ms. Deneen Milner to Wild Black. Hey, woo! 
Deneen, I know I didn't even capture everything that you do. Take a few moments and tell the listeners a little bit more about you and all that you do. Oh, goodness. Okay, so the first thing you need to know about I didn't about mention me, the children's books. Right, is that, right. So I have two beautiful daughters. Right, and right. My entire career has been dedicated to black people and Amen. covering us in the way that I feel like general media tends not to cover us. And I've right. been at it for a minute. I got my first check when I was 17 years old. So what I'm talking about. Mm. She look, she counting time not by years and right. days, by checks. She got her first bag got my when first she was bag right. when I was 17. <laughs> it was so dope too. I wrote for I, I met this man. He was the editor-in-chief of Black Collegian Magazine. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was at the, I was volunteering at the National Association of Black Journalists Convention. And they sat me at the table with him, me and a bunch of other students. And I was like, I'm trying to sit right next to you so you could tell me how I could go about writing for your magazine. He assigned me a story. I got $500 for it. I went to my mailbox in the first week that I went to school at Hofstra University, opened up my mailbox. It was a check for $500. And I was like, oh, snap. It might as well have been $5 million for a broke-ass freshman. Right. 17, <laughs> first check, like, 500 I was give like, me that. This writing thing is... If I would have had a $500 <laughs> check at 17, I was doing something illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. Because let me tell you, Golden yeah. Corral did not pay that much. <laughs> and so, you know, like what I learned from that is that word, you can make money off of words, right? And also that you can make money and write beautiful words if you focus on black people. You know, like that yeah. was my first experience with um, understanding the power of deciding to focus on us. And when I first got into the business, that was ridiculed. That was, Mm -hmm. you know, something that everybody said that I was, you know, wasting my time or playing myself short or, you know, just not climbing in my industry as fast as I could because I chose to cover black people. But I didn't see any difference between me covering black people like a reporter's beat. It was no different from... You know, like Jimmy Breslin covering, you know, New York or right. Dave Hamill writing about Irish people right. in, you know, lower Manhattan or um, a technology person covering technology for the Times or like somebody sitting in the China Bureau writing about Chinese politics for the Times. Like, how is it that that's OK and prestigious? Why but can me I not going cover up to Harlem? And like, you know, covering people that don't get covered ever, right? you know, covering them as a beat. And so, you know, I was just kind of rebellious when it came to that. If somebody told me I couldn't do something, know that the first thing I'm going to do is go and do it. And so, you know, I just decided to cover black folks. Um, And then when I had my babies, my love switched from just black folks to black folks and parenting. Mm. Um, And a big part of what I've done over the last, say, 15 years is focus my pen on covering Black people, but from a perspective of parenting and all the ways that we could uplift the next generation. And right. So, you know, like I write celebrity memoirs. I also write books for teens, tweens, children, picture books. Um, I run an imprint called Deneen Milner Books. Right. It's with Simon & Schuster. Right. Um, yeah. And I you know, and I run the blog and... 
You're busy General as hell. shit talker. I have <laughs> <laughs> I have a television show called um, A Seat at the Table with Georgia Public Broadcasting. Huh. Um, and it's three black women, me, Monica Pearson, the legendary yep. Monica Pearson, and uh, an attorney, Christine White. And we talk about things that are interesting to black women. Um, Sis, when do you find time to like sit down? Uh, I found some today because I was tired as hell. <laughs> I, <know you. laughs> I was tired as hell and rested up for y'all. Hey, hey, we like that. We That's like that. Up. We like that. Well, listen, one thing I want to do is I, I've dug into some of what you've done. So I struggle to do this for myself. So I want to do it for you. I want you to flex on the people a little bit. Tell them a little bit more about some of uh, the things you've written, the things you've been involved in. Make these people like, damn, I, I didn't know you could even do that. <laughs> okay. I see this is when it gets hard. I could talk shit, but never by myself. Okay. Um, I know. I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we all um, do. I've written... Unless we're rappers. I know, right? <laughs> well, I got my... She does ghost right now. Don't get it I twisted. Right. I do. So we should need to give you a beat then. No. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody did that to me early. Um, when was it? It was I was in in uh, Antigua earlier this this right. year at a book festival. I know some of y'all looking on the map. Go ahead, take your time. Fine, <laughs> it's go ahead. The Caribbean. It's really beautiful. They have lovely beaches, and um, and I had just written this book with Will Smith called The Fresh Princess. And did, did you feel that flex? Okay. Oh yeah, that, that was that was she strong. Did it real that was strong. strong. Like, yeah. They didn't even know they was like, in the headline. Slid it in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I had just gotten my copy of the book. It wasn't out yet. And I um, they had a bunch of kids. They had a kids' day, and I had to present this book to these kids. It was me, Jason Reynolds, who is like this phenomenal writer um, for for black children, specifically black boys. Um, the name is familiar. Is he just writes? Some amazing, a long way down. Um, you know, he's done the track series. He's he's phenomenal. Um, and this other brother that um, is a poet out of North Jason, Carolina. No, forget what his name is. And I had to read the Fresh Princess, and the brother from North Carolina he beatboxes. So he was like, "Oh, we finna do you know the theme song." To Hero the Ghost. Prince. That's right, ghost. why. That's right. Because I've read that one before. That's right. My son and I read a lot of books That's together. Right. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Jason Reynolds is the man. Ghost is is really yeah. really good. It's amazing. All of his books. <laughs> I, I are love amazing. books as much as I love movies, man. Yeah. Ghost is dope. Yeah, Ooh. it's nuts. Nice. So, sorry. Go back to go back to you flex on them. Keep going. Yeah. So somebody was trying to get me to to rap the the theme song for the Fresh Prince. I suck. I couldn't do it. 
<laughs> did you want to? You, did you want to? Um, no, because I don't, I don't remember okay. the words. <laughs> you right. Look, no, that's going to make our wild black yeah. shit real interesting. Right. Right. <laughs> it's going to be real interesting on that. Hmm. And then, um, let's see. I got my first book deal based off of a story that I wrote for the Daily News. Wow, which was kind of cool because I wasn't expecting it. Um, so I, you got a book deal off of a story before you had written a book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's uh... for Mervis Diamond Importers. I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC, and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Yeah. That's a real subtle flex. <laughs> right. That's when the muscles say, they ain't even going to see this. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Slide that right in there. I have written They'll this story. Mm -hmm. Right. Go there check out the Daily in News. in the 90s called The Rules. And it was written by these two white women out of Long Island who um, basically wrote this book that said, you know, you meet a man and you play games and you club him over the head and drag him down the aisle and say, I do, before he figures out what just happened. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a story saying that... No, it, we were both real quiet. Huh? Right, right. It was like, mm, I don't know about this. thinking about that like, <laughs> I really don't remember my wedding day all that well. I'm oh. just kidding, wife. Look, I don't uh, need it. That's right. You I don't, don't need it, but there. I'm flexing too. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I wrote a story in the Daily News that said um, the rules would never work for black women because black men would never go for that shit. Mm. Right? Like, you know, some of their rules were um, don't return his phone call until he calls three times. And I'm like, they playing games. And I was like, Tyrone is not going to call you no three times. Like, you got one, maybe two. Mm -hmm. And then after that, on to the next, right? Mm -hmm. on, on to the next. And then there was another one that was like, don't accept a Saturday date after Thursday or something like that. And I'm like, uh, if the man got tickets to see D'Angelo and he called me Saturday at two and the shit starts at seven, I'm going. So we'll have right, feel, right. I feel like going. Correct. Right. Well, exactly. There's no reason for me not to be a part of this. And so I wrote this How story. How does it feel? Right, <laughs> right, right, exactly. I'm going to be right there, right. front and center. So um, I wrote this story, and I didn't know that my editor was going to, how she was going to present it. So she presented it as like a mock book cover. She got one, convinced one of my coworkers to dress up in a Superman suit. And he's literally standing doing like the Superman pose on this mock cover that says Rules for the Sisters, Can Black Women Find True Love by Deneen Milner. And it looked like a book. That's dope as hell. Uh -huh. So I come into work a little late because, you know, 
You my work will get done, all right? You went I to that D'Angelo you know, concert. Right. right. That's what it was. Right. 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 You feel great. How mm-hmm. it feels. Right. right. <laughs> and so um, I come in and there's 14 messages on my voicemail. And I hadn't even seen the book yet. I, I hadn't even seen the paper yet. So I didn't know what these right. women were calling about. But 12 of them were from women asking where did that? I've been to Barnes & Noble. I've been to, oh, damn. you know, Walden Books. I went, went here, there, and everywhere. Couldn't find rules for the sisters. Can you tell me where I can find this book? 13th one came from a magazine editor saying, I really, really liked what you wrote there. Would you mind rewriting that, you know, for us? Could you recreate that story for us? 14th call was from a publisher, an editor saying, I really like your story. Would you want to write that as a book, like the black rules? And I was like, did this lady just offer me a book deal? And it's not even, you know, like noon. And, and so, it ain't even a book. And it's not even a book. Right. Wow. It, was, it was literally a story with me, like pointing at somebody else's book and saying it was bullshit. Um, and by three o'clock, I had a book deal. Damn. $50,000. That's and a, a hell and of a, a month story. to write. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so now I just handed in book number 32 yesterday. So how are we 30, celebrate? 32 books. We having Cavassier in our red cups. Yes. <laughs> Solo yes. cups. Yes. I love it. 32 books. Wow. Handed in 32 yesterday. That's and I can't I can't get my ideas and characters straight enough in my head to write one, let alone fucking 32. <laughs> well, you know, it's like some of them are, you know, original concepts. Right. Some of them are celebrity memoirs. So I've right. done celebrity, mem- celebrity memoirs with Taraji Henson. Flex. I wrote two of Steve Harvey's books. Um, I did Jesse Norman, who's this world famous opera singer. Uh-huh. Charlie Wilson from the Gap Band. Damn. Sang outstanding to me in my ear. I had a fan moment. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Did you just sing outstanding in my ear? <laughs> and yearning hey. for your love. That's my song right there. <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> just a minute. I'm going to need a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, did the thing with, with Will Smith, the book with Will Smith. And then I've written children's books. I've done teen series. Um, one of the novels that I did got turned into a movie for a lifetime called With This Ring. I saw that, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I stay busy. She's real over there, ain't she? So check this out. What you doing watching Lifetime? <laughs> it, was, it was a good movie. Why you had to redirect that at me? I feel, I feel hey, that. So, it, was a good, it was a good movie. I, I, it was. And let me, I know let me break it, it had down. to be. I, it had you to know be. I'm a movie buff, right? And I am that cat. I will watch anything that I think I can learn something from. There you go. And then I apply it to everything around Listen, me. And I have applicable. everybody thinking that was I'm such genius a, That level. was such a great uh, response to that. I have to applaud <laughs> my brother. Hey, I'm on it. But dig it. So that book was, that movie was based on this book called The Vow that I wrote with two of my girlfriends, Angela Burt Murray, right. who lives here in, um, in Atlanta. She is the second in charge at thegrio.com. Cool. She used to be the editor-in-chief of Essence. And Mitzi Miller, who used to be the editor-in-chief of uh, Jet and then Ebony, and she is now doing films out in L.A. She's not flexing yet at and, all. At all. <laughs> Only thing she it's knows dope, she's flexing right? right now, though. I think this, she's just telling us. It's just no, it's normal life, <laughs> Right, though. it's like, oh, let me just tell you no, something. I wasn't up. 
flexing at all. <laughs> so I wrote this book. My life is a whole flex. Like, just get with it. Sorry. <laughs> these are my That's girls. What I do. Like, those, these are my dudes. Those are my dudes. Like, I don't even look at it like, you know, she ran Essence. I look at it as we're going to walk around Stone Mountain in the morning. Well, this you know, like, this weekend, I got a chance to sit down and have a conversation with my homeboy, Johnny. And he's just a nigga named Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Johnny? I'll call you tomorrow, bro. <laughs> Look, Johnny ain't did nothing real significant in his life. Just, you know, noteworthy like that. Look, Johnny got to work on time five days. Correct. He, he in right. there. That's real. In there. Oh, damn. Oh, that's crazy. Look, Johnny got to work five times on time. She got to work late and got a book deal. <laughs> I did. I did. We doing the third wrong. Message. I got. I got to work at least an hour and a half late. <laughs> you ain't get to work late. You almost <laughs> missed. Right. You was just, you. Work. You almost decided I ain't even going. <laughs> but, but right. But knocked out two stories before I went home. So how about that? Yeah. Mm. See. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, look. We um. It's obvious that she is already warmed the fuck up. But <laughs> very much so. Go jump in this Love wild it. black shit anyway. <laughs> Bro, you want to hit her with this wild black shit? I'll, I'll click all the videos that she got to play today. Okay, it's on. It's on. Okay. Wild black. Okay. Wild black shit. Okay. Warm Three up. questions. Okay. Two of them. Just cool questions warm you up. Third one is our signature question. Got it. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Now, this is going to determine if your black card is with you or no we're going to take it. Oh, yeah. Y'all be snatching black cards. We do. Now I'm mm-hmm. nervous. All right. But you know, I guess so dope. Normally... There's become platinum after after this. <laughs> All right. All right. Guess the theme song. I'm struggling. I have no idea. Man, did the motherfucking beat drop yet? Here we go. Wait, wait, wait. That's it. Oh, hey. Any man. ideas? I, I'll, I'll play. What the hell was that? You know what it is? No. <laughs> we might be taking. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. So you you played the original? I played the, without the, I, without. I played the, the instrumental first. Without okay. the without yeah, the words. Without the words. I, I, I'm gonna hit you with the words. Let's see. Oh, girlfriends! I didn't watch mm. that show. Mm-hmm. Take my card. Go ahead. And that sounds like an excuse. I didn't watch it. I didn't okay. watch that show for you real. Worry, you you, you got more. You got, you got more. Okay. Yeah. All right. You ready for this one? Uh huh. Now, this one's been remixed a little bit just to make it a little more challenging. Okay. Okay. Well, hell, I just failed it's miserably all good. with girlfriends. It's girlfriend. all good. We, we, we got a little time here. Okay. <laughs> Is that Living Single? Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. I actually watched that one, and I love it. She picked it up even with the remix. The remix is kind of dope, though. Yeah, I like it. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, like here, go, here go to the it next the one. Horn. Different strokes. Okay, we got it. Man, that's so, <laughs> so dope. Right, now I the world gonna, don't move yeah. to the beat of just one drum. This might be right, right for you. you. May, May not, not be right, right for some. You do do. I get extra points for knowing knowing the words. We're gonna, I'm just saying. That makes up for the first okay, miss. Okay, thank yep, you. Yep, that's worth two. All right, here's the last one. Mm-hmm. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. 
For centuries they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. I'm going to cut this one short because they're going to give it away. But it's the last one. You should be able to get this. It don't take but a second. This is a quick one. <laughs> oh, she's struggling. Is that that one with the... Uh, um, with Monique and... What's her name? You got you it. You got it. Right? You got it. I don't, yep. Was it Monique? Yep. Yeah, Monique. Where the park Mo- The park. Right. The Parkers. That's okay, it. so yeah. let, let's go back. How many did you, did you get? What you get? Three you or four? Three or the four. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, that first one threw me. You you doing all right? Because yeah, I, right. I didn't watch that show. Black I don't know car security. Yeah. On the first question. The so second question. You ready is, for the second question? We're going to have to see what she do with this one now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Come on. All right. All right. How many Denzel Washington movies can you name? Mm. <laughs> okay, let's see. Don't hit her with the, that baseline. She got to know All that right. number. She got to know her goal. Minimum. Minimum? Oh, I have to. Minimum of five? Oh. I got or the you. mics automatically shut off. <laughs> okay. I got you. I got you. Let's see. He uh, got about 500. Right. So. Come on, yeah. low. Malcolm X. Boom. All right. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Wait, wait, hold on. You hit him with that. That she one worth three. That's movies. Mo Better Blues. Okay. Two equalizers. Okay. Boom, oh, she boom, counted. boom, boom. You see that boom, boom. <laughs> okay, I like how she um, think. What came before Mobetta Blues? Uh, oh, God. Come on, man. I see him in all of these movies. These um, mic's about to No, 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 no. No, I got another one. I got, I'm sitting here looking. I'm looking at Denzel. He was in that 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 television show. Which and one did he win the, um, is it the Oscar? Oh, Glory. G- g- you, you hit it with the oop. Okay. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Glory. And you, then, um. She's showing off now. Oh, um. Training day. These niggas. Thank you. <laughs> right. These niggas. I'm putting right cases here. on all you bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nothing. That's just my dime. That's my love. That's my dime. Right, right. <laughs> Look, she got nervous for a second, but now she leaned back <laughs> right, again. Right, she's like, shit, I got it. I'm straight. Right. But I cannot, we got to give her so many points on the first that she chose, though. Malcolm, I'm with you. That was, I'm with that was you. like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm with he you. was. He did kill that one. He killed Malcolm X and got. Stole on. True. He didn't win anything mm-hmm. for his role in that. True. And tell me, like at the end when they did the montage of of the real that Malcolm he did X, not look like that he you couldn't even tell that you were looking at the real Malcolm X. Tell me fact, he became Malcolm X. He was Absolutely. Malcolm X. Like, he was like, Absolutely. Oh, this hell is Absolutely. Malcolm X. 
Absolutely. Yep. This last one, I'm going to let you hit it with it, works kind of like Final Jeopardy, right? Mm -hmm. You kicked ass on the first two. Okay. Mm -hmm. But this could this, be all this, the marbles here. Oh. It's the signature. Okay. All, all right, right. Bring it. What do you love most about life while black? What do I love most? I would not trade being black for shit. She got excited. Not at all. I love our music. I love the way black men walk. Especially when they got a little cigarette dangling out the side of their mouth. I love how black women sway. I love how we love on one another. It's all love. Mm -hmm. I love going to a damn family reunion and having an uncle who tell all your damn business and make fun of you. And the auntie who, you know, done got a husband on this side and her side man over there. <laughs> and who brought the potato salad and does that have pork in it? I love I love us. Mm. Like, there ain't nothing that I would do, nothing you could give me to trade this. It's dangerous as fuck, but there's nothing you could do to stop me from being a black woman. I think your car's secure. I think I love I think, us. I think she's secure. Certified platinum. Right. That's <laughs> why it's secure. Absolutely. Love it. You feel good about that answer? I feel excellent about that. We feel that great answer. about that answer. Black people are beautiful. Right. Cheers to that answer. All right. Well, we're going to um, jump into this dope quote. Dope quote, typically out the mouth of someone black, anchors the episode. Okay. And this one does a really good job of that. So, if one is lucky, a solitary fantasy can totally transform one million realities by Miss Maya Angelou. Hmm. What do you think about that? What, is, what does it bring to you? A fantasy could transform... One million realities? If one is lucky, a solitary fantasy can totally transform one million realities. Hmm. Mm. While you're thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll lay in why I chose that okay. one. Okay. Because when we start talking about content creation, right, whether that's a song, a movie, or a book, it's coming from someone's mind, mm -hmm. whether it is a story based completely in fantasy mm -hmm. or a story based in complete reality. There's still something that's derived from that person who's creating that story. And when you do a good job, right, a really good job, it impacts millions and millions mm -hmm. of people. And, right. and Nick Stone, who, who gave us the introduction to you, I'll use her. Dear Martin did that for me. Mm -hmm. It opened up the world that I saw for my son mm -hmm. in school. And it changed the way I thought about race and politics, because I never gave him credit at 13 and 14 that those conversations were happening at his level. Right. And I've talked to a lot of people about that book who've all said the same things. So I'm sure it's much more than one million realities for mm -hmm. her, but that's an example of how I see when you create content that is so needed in the world, it can change the perspective of those who consume it. Right, right. So like when right. I read that quote, that's what I think. So right. as an author, what are your thoughts on it? I look at it as... A fantasy I look at as a desire that someone has to do something interesting, fun, helpful, um, different, and how when you achieve a fantasy, you've put your all into it. Right. And that has the potential to affect a whole bunch of people. Like, so think about who had the fantasy of flying to the moon. Yeah. Right? And yeah. and how did that 
affect the entire world. Like the idea that you could leave this earth. So bigger than a content creator. And go and find, you know, another place to walk, to touch the moon that we all admire from, you know, this planet. Think about the first person who had a fantasy about not having to walk everywhere. Yeah. How do we, and I don't have a... How they've changed everything for us. Exactly. So um, think about a person who had a fantasy of, for me, my fantasy has always been to shine a light on black people and to find ways to tell our story that stretches outside of the stereotypical way that we tend to, um, you know, experience black people in pop culture. Right. And so it's either we're being shot and killed or we're um, part of a gang or we're a part of a pathology. You don't talk to us unless you want to talk about something negative, like the education system sucks and kids are being left behind. Let's talk to a black mother. Um, you know, the, you know, the recession is killing people. Let's go talk to a black family that lost their house. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, just pick your poison yeah. and then we become relevant, right? Outside of that, you know, our lives, like I just told you what I love about black people, right? Like I love that I could sit down and play spades and lick the joker and stick it on my face <laughs> and be like, what bitches? Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like that is authentically, beautifully black. Yeah, that's And true we story, all yeah. have, you know, like those moments where we could, you know, I like just sit and enjoy each other. And in my work, my fantasy has always been to show that. Right. You know, to not just focus on, you know, what, people perceive as stereotypes or degradation of our of our community and mm-hmm. that fantasy to shine a light on what's beautiful about us has affected millions of people you know through my my writings as a political reporter an entertainment reporter as a an author as a um podcaster as somebody on a television show as somebody who you know blogs and talks shit pretty much all day every day you know it's, I think that it's helped to make people understand that we don't have to just constantly focus on the negative, yeah. that there's a lot of things to love about us. Yeah. And so, you know, when I think about <clears throat> fantasy and it affecting a million people, I think about somebody re- realizing a dream yeah, and like then that. taking that and letting it be effective for everybody else. I told y'all, precise with pronouns, vicious with verbs, and <laughs> whatever I said with nouns. <laughs> Prove that shit real, real, real quick. Real quick. Look. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let me say your small thinking ass. <laughs> he talking about books. She went to the moon and shit. <laughs> right. The motherfucking moon. 
Yes. I'm down here with a book. So let me let me hit you with my simple explanation. Today. I thought about my golf game. <laughs> and the fantasy that I, I have of achieving a score under par. I said, ooh, the moon shit. I don't even know if I can talk about my golf game. That's why when we show up late to work, <laughs> we get written up. <laughs> She get a book deal. <laughs> she get a book deal. Because she say shit like that. Right. <laughs> Different. Yes. I'm taking notes. Mm-hmm. Just right. Mm-hmm. Everybody know. Mm-hmm. taking notes. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to let her run the interview, interview herself. Just, I'm going to sit over in the corner with my notebook. You say, what now? What did you say again? That's beautiful. You say, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So let's let's jump into to the main part of the interview. And, and I know we're, we're going to get to talk about like, how you actually write a book, but there's a whole lot of other stuff we can go into too. Sure. And I was I was thinking about this as you were talking through your intro, right? And you talked about how everything has been about black people, right? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to basically you are you're trying to change the narrative of black folks before black folks understood the narrative really needed to be changed. Right. And before the rest of the world beginning to pay attention to the things they're looking at mm-hmm. now. So you have written now 32 books. You've started businesses. You've written articles. You've done all this stuff through the lens of black people. And it makes me think as an author, you always have something to say. Mm-hmm. So what is it through 32 books and years of experience and book deals and movie translations and all the things you've done? What is it that you're trying to tell black people and have they heard it yet? Oh, um, that's a great question. Thank you. Because, we try to do that, right? We try something. Because <laughs> you never really know um, how your work is going to be received right. out in the world. And if people are going to understand the passion that you brought to it and that, you know, like, I did this for you. I'm always like, I did this for us. Right? Mm-hmm. With yep. everything that I do. Um, I think what I wanted, what I've always wanted to do was to hold a mirror up to black people. When I was in in college, um, I went to college pretty damaged. Mm -hmm. Um, Came from a really, really, um, really, you know, tough Baptist, Southern Baptist, strict household. Right. Right. Didn't get my first kiss until I got to college. Didn't have my first boyfriend until. So you made your first $500 before you got your first kiss. Before I got my first kiss. And yep. your priorities was together, yep. at least. Yeah. Yep, I did. I don't know if my priorities were together, but my mom was like, you know, oh, mean as fuck. And man, like, I think I had 500, gonna... 500 kisses before I made my first dollar. I'm about to get that back. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why we can't fucking be late. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I got it. Yep. Well, I had like a serious <laughs> complex, right? right? I had a complex about my skin, I had a complex about my curves, you know, like I am a a straight up traditionally shaped black woman, all natural, no preservatives, no silicone, juices and berries. That's all we do. Right. Fruits and berries. That's it. That's all we do. (laughs) And but I had a complex because I grew up at a time when dark skin was not in, natural hair was not in. And, you know, you had to fit, you had to be a pancake to fit Jordache jeans, right? Right. I grew up in Uh the 80s. Like coming up age in the 80s. And so by the time I got to college, I was so messed up, you know, about my looks and my self-esteem and all of that, that it was just, you know, guys would come up to me and I wouldn't even know what to do, right? Right. Like 
you think I'm pretty? Like, what's wrong with you? Something wrong Mm. with your eyes because I'm not pretty. And, you know, like I don't have, you know, anything to offer you, you know. Um, And this guy took a mirror. He sat me down. I'll never forget this. He was very religious, really beautiful man, was not looking at me as a, you know, like a person that he wanted to get with. He was a friend who just understood how dark I was being when it came to myself. Right. And he literally sat me down and held a mirror up and he was like, look at how beautiful you are. Oh, that's dope. Like, I can't have you sitting here putting yourself down anymore. Like, look at your face. I need you to look at your face with me and see what I see. You're beautiful. That's what I want to do with my work with black people. I like that. Right? Like, I want you, I want to hold up this mirror and be like, look at how dope we are. Like, these motherfuckers stay trying to be us, but they can't ever be us. This is natural. This is who we are. It's in our fingertips. It's in our sinew, our blood. Like, you can't, you can pretend. You can go and get your ass filled with injections. You can get Botox in your your lips and you can, you know, try and sit out in the sun or go to a tanning bed, but you won't, you won't be the one licking the joker and sticking it on your forehead and bringing the potato salad. <laughs> right. Because it won't look good if right. you did. Exactly. Ever. And it might have raisins. Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> right. And so, you know, that, I think that's what I've wanted to do. And you know, there there are times when I wonder if people feel what I felt when I did it, when I when I wrote what I wrote or right. presented what I presented. But then there's moments where someone just sent me um, a tweet that this um, teacher did. She was a librarian in an elementary school. I did this book. One of the first books that I published with my imprint was called Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut. And it's about a little boy a little black boy and how he feels when he's in the barber's chair. And like, you know, you get the, 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 what do you call that? The, not a robe, but but the drape put on you. Mm -hmm. And that's like a princely robe. And, you know, the guy next to you getting lines in his hair looks real important. Like he got, you know, like a, a, a piece of land on Mars and the sister over here getting, you know, like the fade looks like she's mad important. And, you know, like when you get your hair cut, a thousand black angels are going to stand up and applaud because you look so dope. And when you go out, you're going to get an A on your on your your test and the little girl's going to be like, oh, he's so fine. Like that's what those are actual lines from this book. Right. And and when something happens to your kitchen, you might say this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I also miss my hair, right? Look, now. I, feel, I, look I feel like I need to get a haircut, right? <laughs> even though so I feel good, right? Little black boys. Yeah. It's about little black boys feeling good and feeling good about themselves and how handsome they are and how powerful they are when they get a fresh cut. Yeah. And this librarian tweeted a picture to me um, just a couple of days ago of a little black boy who had a similar haircut to the kid on the cover of the the book. And he was posed like the kid and he was holding the book up. And she was like, you know, he sees himself. 
that is worth a million people, you know, saying I read something that Deneen wrote. For a little black boy to pick up a book and look at it and know that that was written specifically for him. Right. Right. And that everything in there is going to be something that he relates to or that he's going to want for himself. Like that's worth it to me. I, so, I love yeah. how you how you said that because again I don't I don't know where where I I saw this at but social clip from someplace and they had it was a brother and he was talking to a group of people and he was talking about education he said the first thing you do when you open up a book is you look for your name or for your picture mm-hmm. and he said but when when our young black children open up these textbooks right. it doesn't catch the interest because they don't see themselves right absolutely and so I, I love the fact that they brought that back to you to show you. To confirm for you that the work you're doing it was right is turning into that reflection that, that our society needs to see. Absolutely, that absolutely. Is dope. That it is, is the point. I love that the fact awesome. that if you correlate that back to the quote, "A million realities." Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. Like right. that 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 one little impression that you made can transform the right. history of that that little young man's and life. And that was always my fantasy to like be able to write black for for the imprint in particular. Yeah. I wanted to write books for black children and one of the first ones that I pitched was called Early Sunday Morning. It's about a little girl who's having her first church solo. Mhm. And it's about Black people getting ready for church, like the ritual of getting ready for church, which, you know, if you're Black, you know, starts on Saturday when you go to get your hair cut. Your mom is, you know, doing your hair and getting your clothes laid out. out, You're getting your peppermints in your purse, getting your shoes lined, you (laughs) know, like waxed up, all of that. Absolutely. Money for the collection plate, you know, get your ribbons together, your little, you know, socks and whatnot. And I pitched a book. As That's that. so black. As black as hell. As black as hell. And nobody it. in the publishing industry could identify, like, I don't understand this. Like, okay, like what the hell are all, you talking right, about? Like, what are you talking about? And, you know, like, people don't go to church. No, you don't go to church. But there's a 10-year-old little black girl in Mississippi who is in church practically every goddamn day. <laughs> For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. The centuries have been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC, and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader with the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Right. And the church ain't even got air conditioning. Thank you at all. And they are there all day. Look, them fans is real. Absolutely. Flip the wrist. Exactly. So, you know, what? I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Hey, it's because we real black and we real black. black And so, you know, like they couldn't. 
they couldn't see it. They couldn't see outside of their own realities. Right. They refused mm-hmm. to, really. And so my fantasy was to be able to write that book and open the door for other Black people that I just knew had the similar experience of having something that's Black as hell for a um, for a children's book, but they couldn't get it past the gatekeepers in the publishing industry because they just don't understand Blackness. Like, you like Blackness, right? You go and listen to ASAP Ferg or ASAP Rocky, but you not going to be bothered to find out what happens on a Sunday morning with a little black girl yeah. when, you know, like that voice that um, Mary J. Blige had probably happened in somebody's, you know, like church pew um, in, on a Sunday morning. But you want to, you know, say that Mary J. Blige, her music is your your world or you want to love on De La Soul and follow them all around the country or all around the world, really. But you don't want to understand that Kelvin Mercer, a.k.a. Pasta News, was in my choir mm. and sang, you know, every Sunday and loved music and fell in love with music in a black church mm. before he became Pasta News of De La Soul. Right. And so, um, you know, so I started the imprint so that I could not just publish my own books, but so that I could open the door for other people to publish books that they just couldn't get past the gatekeepers. I love that. And Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut was one of those books. We tried to get it in front of people. I called him up. His name is Derek Barnes. Right. We're friends. And I was like, what you got on your computer that, you know, like you couldn't get past the gatekeepers? And he handed me Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut. And I was like, uh, hell yes, I'm publishing this. That book came out in 2017. It collected every major children's book award there was to be won in America. It won um, a Caldecott honor, a Newbery honor, the Kirkus Prize, which is a $50,000 prize um, for the best children's writing in the the country. Um, It won the Ezra Jack Keats Awards for illustration and author, it won like every society illustrators. It won by the time we finished, we had nine nine awards, prestigious awards that we won for that book that was just sitting on this brother's computer. Do you ever want nobody take, could understand it? You ever want to take all the information and just like go shove it in the face of everyone who's like, I don't get it? Every chance I get, I do that. <laughs> every chance, yeah, every chance I do, I she get She said it's so that. nice and sweet. I love like, it. You know, and like that's another little st- subtle stuff. Like, right. <laughs> like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Check this, check, check this, check this workout. <laughs> what, yeah. what, what did Nick say? Oh, wa- watch me work, bitch. Watch, watch me work, bitch. <laughs> That's my there favorite line. Yeah. There we go. I love that though. Right, yeah. So, so hearing that, especially hearing about the the imprint and the fact that you're creating a platform and a channel to deliver like <laughs> our voices to us, it, it takes me back to you've heard historically that. The best way to hide something from black people is to put it into a book, right? Which is so funny. You know, when you when you when you opened the show and you said something about books, mm-hmm. and the first mm-hmm. thing that popped into my head was like, no, Chris Rock, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, because it was Chris Rock who said that. Yep, yeah, right? sure did. Yeah, um, and, and then and it joke permeated was, all the way right, across. Right, right. That years ago. Right. Well, here's the thing: black people buy the fuck out of books. Right. Black women in particular. Yes. Right. I love, I love right? black women. And, and those, those, those books get turned into movies. Those mm-hmm. books, every time those books make it, um, you know, when people 
put behind, when publishing companies put behind it, what's supposed to be put behind it. Right. Marketing, promotion, getting it into the hands of black people, going into black neighborhoods and actually, you know, like telling black people that this book is out. When they do it the right way, um, you know, black folks will go out and they'll buy them and they'll read them. And, and nothing is more offensive to me than people saying that black people don't yep. read. Like no. the only thing that's more offensive to me is black people don't vote. You know, like black people vote at higher numbers, but let's talk about, um, you know, like how we repress the vote, how the the vote is repressed, Mm -hmm. how we stop people from being. I mean, damn it. Here in Georgia, the person who, you know, was in the election was running the election. Like, how is that fair? Like, there's no way to win. Right. Yeah. So it's not that black people didn't vote. Suppress their interests. It's that right. Is that that it was suppressed? Yeah. You know, you think about North Carolina and how every rule that they had as soon as the um, the Civil Rights Act um, and voting, uh, voting right, rights the Voter Act. Rights Act, mm-hmm. right. and when that expired, how quickly you know, like fucking roaches, you know. They crawled out of the woodworks to yeah. shut down our ability to get to the polls and do what is our constitutional right as Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first thing we want to sit here and say is that black people don't vote. I say that black people do read. We just have to get the books into their hands. I so love if it. you're, I love it if you're, you're charging $25 for a book, oh, I, I did this in <laughs> this panel. Um, with the National um, National Black Book Club um, Conference. It's a conference that's held here every year. This brother named Curtis Bunn um, put it together. It's, I think they just hit like their 15th year um, last year. And what he does is every year he gets all of these book clubs from all across the country, all descend on Atlanta, and he brings in authors. And for the whole weekend... Our our biggest fans interact with us as authors. We sign books, we talk about books, That's we awesome. talk about writing and all of that stuff. Being in that space, you understand how much people love books. Black yeah. people in particular love books. I was on this panel and I was saying that for presents for years when my kids were little, the books that the the presents that their little friends would get at their birthdays was Dancing in the Wings by Debbie Allen, mm-hmm. Tar Beach by Faith Ringgold, and um, Honey, I Love by Bell Hooks. Right. Three of my favorite children's books. And those, I'm not buying no toys. You're not getting a gift card. I ain't buying no damn doll. You will not get a stuffed animal. You're going to get these books, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't care what color you are. You're getting these you books. getting these books. These three. With brown right, people. With brown people in On them. the covers. Because your mama don't have no problem giving my baby a white white doll. Susie's all right. And books that have white people in them. Yeah. And, you know, Poor. irrelevant things that mean nothing to me and my children. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to integrate your bookshelves. Amen to that. And then somebody said in the audience was like, well, you know, they're so expensive. You know, like a, a, a children's book is like $18 plus, you know, tax. And I'm like, yeah, but you bought that whack-ass, you know, like toy from Walmart for $25 yep. that fell apart like after two plays. Yep. So if you could 
afford to spend $25 on a toy for a kid, then why couldn't you pay $18 so for a book? pay 15 for a pack of batteries. Right. Thank you. Yeah. To go exactly. into the toy. Right. Precisely. So, you know, um, but, you know, like people look at, sometimes look at books as a, a cost barrier, but then, you know, like support the libraries. Yeah. You know, if you can't afford it, go to the library. They got them. If they don't have it, you can go up to the desk and ask for it and they'll get it for you. I love that. You know, so, um, you know, black people do read. And, you know, if you give them the opportunities or show them the way and shine the light, they'll do it. Yeah. My grandmother is who got me started. She's been gone for years now, but she got me started with the science fiction series when I was in fourth no. grade. And yes. Hadn't stopped yet. Now my, my children read left and right. Yes. We read books together. And like, all jokes aside, it's, they give me some good books to read. Like I mentioned Ghost. They, they mm-hmm. have given me some really mm-hmm. good books to read. Yep. Yep. There's been a lot of good books lately. Um, yeah, as in, really so have. putting on my editor's hat. Right. You know, um, because The Hit You Give was such a success. Yeah. Um, Angie Thomas, um, Nick Stone, and, you know, Dear Martin, um, and uh, Jason Reynolds is is a huge deal. But that, you know, like the, because their books have done so well, right. some doors have been opened That's for um, for other writers who are kind of writing in that space, which is really dope to see. Um, and I think that people are finally getting around to the idea that if you actually put those kinds of stories between, you know, right. two, two, two covers that Black kids will read. You yeah. just have to show them themselves. One book. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Okay. I introduced a lot of people to Dear Martin, mm-hmm. but also the Children of Blood and Bone. I oh, yeah. Love oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like black people meets Harry Potter. Absolutely. Shit. So, and it's all in Africa. Beautiful. It's so, it is so beautiful. Good. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I have a book that's coming out on the imprint in spring of 2021 right. called Wings of Ebony. Okay. And it's a, she wrote like the first 40 pages and I bought it on spec. Like, um, I'm going to give you this money to take it off the table and you don't offer it to anybody else. I want this one. Snatch it up. And she, she agreed. And um, the book is about a little girl who finds out that she's half human, half God. And it takes place in the hood and also in like this alternate universe that's like nothing but black gods. I love that. Oh, For the simple dope. fact that... Yeah, it's nuts. Like, you see those demagogues presented before, mm-hmm. but they're always white. Like Percy right. Jackson, right? They're, Precisely. I've read those yeah. books too, of course, but they're... Precisely. And I loved Percy Jackson. Yeah. I loved the movies. I loved the books. My kids love them. 
Yeah. But I, yeah, imagine, you know, like black. a black version of that. Mm -hmm. it, it, almost, see it. Right. it almost makes me exactly. feel bad You're because so exactly. we're so trained that that's what those books look like. Mm -hmm. I don't even see myself in those books. Right. I read them for enjoyment, right. but I don't see right. It's right, all right. about changing myself. The I right. love how you, you like exactly the thoughts. That's why you're here. That's yeah. exactly it. Yep. That's and we exactly all got to kind of take note of that to say we must change the narrative mm -hmm. and we must yeah. use materials like that to help. Absolutely. Ensure our Absolutely. children know that the narrative uh, that's the point. is shaped by us. That's the point. You don't have to sit around and wait for somebody else to tell you who you are. Yeah. So I, I, I do want to get to the how to. But I've got two more questions. That I'm gonna... <laughs> okay. But, like I always say that. What kind of shit is that? Said, I do want to get to that. But, but I'm a rogue. I got 24 more questions. <laughs> <laughs> Why do black folks and books need each other so much? Ooh. Black, ooh. Okay. Black books need black folks because white folks won't buy them. Mm. And won't write them. Can't write them. Mm, I love and should that. not be writing them. True story. Say that again. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. But I'm that's, with you that. know, like as an artist, I get you get to tell whatever the hell story you want to tell, and you have the right to do that, and you can imagine and research and all of that right. shit. I get it, right? And as an artist, I I, you know, like I begrudge that respect. Right. But as a black woman right. and writer. Right. Looking at statistics specifically with children, black children's books. So, if we look at the statistics for 2018, and I'm, I'm, these are not precise numbers, right, but I'm good. ballparking. Um, over 2,200 children's books were published in 2018. Right. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Of that 20, about 2,200, only about 200 of them were about people of color. Really? Of that 200, only about 90 of them, and I'm sorry, not people of color, black people, because they are... Right. Um, Asian, Asian um, Latino, and yeah. I think they do um, like Native American, right? So 200 wow. black people were books about black people featuring wow. black children and families or some kind of black story. Right. Of that 200, only 90 of them were either written or illustrated by black people. So you're talking about less than 5% of the books were written by or illustrated or by Or illustrated. Us. So it could have been a white person. crazy. And illustrated by a black person. See, but that's even. I wonder what the number would be. I, that's if you what take I want to know. Illustration out. That's what I know. So here's what you need to know yeah. about the Neil Milner books. I only accept black writers and illustrators. Period. I love that. At your grandmama, you know, worry about your eyebrows and like I, your own eyebrows. I am. That is my mission, to be the one in that. Um, you know, that lineup to say these are written and illustrated exclusively by black people telling black people stories, mm. period. Because, hello, the statistics show you that it's not happening, right? Yeah. And so um, you can be mad if you want to call it racist, whatever you want to call it. 
I'm creating opportunities. Mm, for black. people who don't have it. Yeah, right? black. I love it. Yeah. Um, and that's so, wild black shit right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That is, that is, yeah. I mean, that's us learning from the rest of the world. That's what everyone looks out for right. themselves. Yeah. We just right. don't do it. Absolutely. And we get and we get, you know, like ridiculed when we do. Yeah. Right? Right. As right? if like you feel a way. Like there are people who feel a way when I say, Yeah, I only accept black people and black illustrators. That's it. Really? But I have a great story. Okay, I'm not telling we'll go you you can't to write one that story. Of the other yeah. many it just places. won't be me publishing it. Correct. That's it. You I'm there are clearly plenty of, pl- plenty of other people who will, you know, like entertain you writing about my people. So You're remind me, I want to ask something about illustration off the air. Because sure. I don't want, I don't want to forget that. Mm-hmm. All right, so, sorry, do you have more? So, books are important to black people because black books show them themselves, right? Mm. And then black people are important to books because we get to show our stories and they get to live on in history. I like, you it. need to see how we were thinking. Like, the hate you give is an absolute, you know, like, spotlight on a time yes. when, you know, like, the whole country seemed like it was going to combust over, um, you know, like, the state-sanctioned state murders of Black people, right? And so she managed to put you know, what it's like to be black and have to move in a white world, what it's like to be black and move in a black world that doesn't necessarily, um, you know, like care about your safety yeah. or doesn't hold you in a regard that you should be held in in a black community. She got to write about black families and say that our black families exist. She got to write about a black kid using her voice and saying enough is enough. She got to write about the pain that our children feel when someone in our someone close to us dies, yeah. um, you know, in a really horrific and tragic way. And, you know, when we look at the hate you give, you know, 50, 60 years from now, we're going to be able to say Ferguson. We're going to say Eric Gardner. We're going to say, you know, um, uh, Trayvon Martin. We're going yeah. to say you know, all of those names and we're going to remember Sandra yeah. Bland. We're going to remember them and they need to be remembered yeah. more than, you know, like they need to be remembered like we remember Martin Luther King and absolutely. Rosa Parks oh, yeah. in February, absolutely. right? Like that's... Or, they need to be remembered and celebrated. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And in so, the same respect. Absolutely, life. with the same respect and understanding that, you know, like our stories you know, fall way outside of what happened during the civil rights movement or what happened in slavery and our yeah. overcoming. You know, like we need to see those stories where we were standing up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And the story continues. And the story continues. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Dope. Absolutely. All right. So if you were if you were charged with sparking the interest in reading in young black boys and girls, teens, as well as, you know, older black men and women, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what book would you use for each? What book would you use for our young kings? What book would you use for our young queens? And then the same for an adult, 40 years old, who okay. has never really read much. What would you What would you assign them to start? Sure. So for a little boy, it would definitely be Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut. Because I think that every little black boy knows that he has, he's gotten his hair cut. 
He knows what it feels like to be yeah. in a barber's chair. He knows what it feels like to feel good and to be loved on by black men right. um, in a safe place. Um, there's no, and you know, no other place. The author says it in his author's note. The two safest places for black boys outside of their homes is yeah. in a barbershop and True. church. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, that's when people are going to love on them and make them feel like kings. And so Crown and Oats to the Fresh Cut is definitely the one that I would recommend for boys. For girls, I love um, Dancing in the Wings or Tar Beach. Um, and I like Tar Beach because the little girl um, in it, Cassie Mae Lightfoot is her name. I like that name. And she, right? And she, she imagines that she lays down and she imagines that when anything that she flies over in New York City belongs to her. Right. And she's without saying, you know, like that that her family struggles, there is, you know, sort of an underpinning of her dad can't find work. Um, but they're a strong family unit that loves on each other hard. And it's centered around this party that they have on Tar Beach. So if anybody's from New York, you know what a tar beach is. Like mm-hmm. it is the top of a brownstone that's covered with tar. And we go up there and we tan. You lay up there, it's your beach. You know, like it's just a really beautiful, empowering book for little girls. Right. Um, and then for grownups, it would be the book that I read, the first black book that I read was um, The Song of Solomon. Uh, gotcha. or Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison. Yeah. And there was a specific thing in that book that just amazed and astounded me besides the writing and the storytelling. There was um there was retribution. That was the thing that that mm-hmm. I loved the most. It was the seven days. And if you've never read the book, there was a group in the the book called The Seven Days and they were basically like a vigilante group. So mm-hmm. if um a white person or white people killed a black person, the seven days would come together and whenever that black person was killed, say that black person was killed on Tuesday. Whoever was Tuesday in the seven days, each one of them had a day, was responsible for a day. Yep. And Tuesday had to go out and get and retribution a, and, and kill a kill a white person in the same way that a black person was killed. Yeah. To keep the, you know, keep to balance, kids, yeah. to balance it all out. So you take one of ours, we're going to take one of yours. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, you know, like I'm down for, you know, like an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But there was something really empowering about the about, concept. Right, yes. about the concept. But, you know, like my daddy said that, you know, like they, black folks weren't always all turned out by, you know, like racism and white people, right? Like mm-hmm. they had their guns, they protected their families yep. when nobody's swinging from trees. Mm-hmm. They, you know, had their own stores to go to, they had their own schools, they had, you know, like their own. Uh, uh, religious worshiping centers, everything that they needed, they got from black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they protected their own. Right. And, you know, the seven days to me represents that part of our community that we rarely get to hear about. We don't hear the stories about black people protecting their 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 property mm-hmm. and not and worrying about back. white folks and fighting yeah. back and yeah. not worrying about white folks. Like yep. my dad, I wasn't worried about them. Right. I, I had my own life and yeah. and we we did well. And I wish a motherfucker right. would. And wish a motherfucker <laughs> yeah. would. Right. Yeah. For yep. sure. All right. So 
we got we got to touch on this because like I did have a few listeners to to really ask about this. So, okay. how do you take mm-hmm. the stories that are in your head, mm-hmm. fragmented or not, mm-hmm. and organize them to tell a comprehensive story? So on the paper? creative side. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for the creative way, appreciate you breaking um, it down, brother. <laughs> gotcha, brother. You already know. It's um. It is literally sitting down like old school third grade and writing an outline. Literally. That's, okay. you know, like you have an idea, you have a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? You figure out what it is that you want to happen in the beginning. You figure out what you want to happen in the middle. You figure out what you want to happen in the end. And you sit and you write out what your chapters would be. And then you outline what those chapters would be. And then you just follow your outline. It's seriously that easy. It's the way that you wrote, the way that you were taught how to write an essay. That's what I was thinking about when Hmm. you said that. Right. Absolutely. Right. And then, but in addition to that, you have to do some serious work, right? You have to think about your characters, who your characters are, and you have to develop those characters. Um, You have to develop the secondary characters. You have to know everything about them. Mm. Like, I'm in the middle of writing a novel right now and I'm working with a book doctor. Like she's an, a book architect. So she's helping me. Um, she's helping me conceive this because it's a bear of a book. It's a fantastic idea. And mm-hmm. it's like three books in one. And she's helping me to just sort of wrap my arms around it. And she had me do something that I had never done before, like all of these books in. And that is sit and write character development for each one of the characters. And she's like, by the time you finish, I want to know like what bug they're afraid of, what their favorite food is. Wow. You know, what... Um, oh, these are real people. Right. Like these are real people. So that when you're sitting down and writing that character, you you know who that person is intimately. You're creating <laughs> you're, a fucking you're, person. You're, you're birthing someone. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's crazy. It. That's exactly it. Well, Denise, That's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. We have loved every moment of this time. It is my pleasure. It's we always, always give the, the mic to our guests, let you close out, tell the people whatever it is that's on your heart to tell them. Okay. And also tell them how to find you, follow you. Sure. What would I like you to know? I would love just Black people support. You know, like you see a book that says Deneen Milner books, go and buy it. You know, like know that it was made out of love. It wasn't made. I do like making money, but what I love more is creating a space for our children and, you know, putting words and stories into their hands. So go and support that. You know, like that's all I ask is that you support the work that these authors are, you know, like doing for our children. Um, you know, got a podcast coming out on Georgia Public Broadcasting, Speakeasy. Um, with Speakeasy, the name of it. It's called Speakeasy okay. with Deneen. Cool. Yeah, and it's yeah. um, it's talking about all things black. Okay. And it's you know like looking. I take a word, and then I funnel three different um segments through this word. So right. like you know, if the word is love. You know, like, what is it that black people think about love in these three different ways? Um, right. There's always a musical guest at the end. Um, so when that, you get your promo, make sure we get it. We'll play it. Oh, yeah, well, thank yeah, you. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. So it, it's uh, launching in October. What What else did you want me to say? 
how they can follow you, oh, find you. Oh, find me. I'm how my... they could submit a proposal. Sure. To... <laughs> I am my brown baby How they can sneak everywhere. in your DMs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Slide in the DM. <laughs> right. Fella, she, she works look, out every look, morning at like 30 a.m. <laughs> in Atlanta. Dark yes, skin, smooth skin. Just, hey. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you. Like, it's, it's gonna, she going to have something in her DM say, hey, I bought all your books. Woo! I am my brown baby everywhere after my blog, mybrownbaby.com. Um, and I am Deneen at mybrownbaby.com. It's spelled D-E-N-E-N-E at mybrownbaby.com. And you can send your submissions there. Um, and hit me up anywhere on social media at My Brown Baby. Awesome. All right, brother, you got anything, man? Hey, keep doing amazing work. Thank you. I, I absolutely love it. I think I'm going to be the one that's going to buy all your books. Hey, so, hey, yeah, hey. Especially for my you. girls, too. Thank oh, yeah, you. That's, yes, that's we have dope. some beautiful books mm-hmm. for our babies, for sure. Cool. Well, let's know. Thank you. Thank Support you. Black, buy Black. Help our content creators both make a dollar and a difference. Say word. And you can go get some learning yourself. Say word. Peace. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to DC, and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. Algorithms can do so much more than control social media feeds. In fact, they have the power to save lives and improve our health. At the Weizmann Institute, Professor Yonina Eldar has pioneered innovative algorithms that optimize MRI scans and make ultrasound devices more portable, affordable, and accessible. Professor Eldar's lab develops AI tools that can pave the way to new technologies that can see, hear, and communicate beyond existing limits. Learn more at CelebratingGreatMinds.org. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.